Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the live studios in The Haven, which is in Hythe, southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. Uh, we're relishing every night reading Srimad Bhagavatam to you. Uh, we have our uh, guests again, this August Assembly of Devotees, Dravidaraj um, and Nandakumara and Gauri, Radhika, Devi Dasi. Uh, they'll be leaving tomorrow, so this is the last time we'll be with them, so happy sales, happy travels to you. We hope you are all out there in cyberspace, wherever you are, uh, well and safe and as happy as you can be in such a disturbed time. Kali Yuga is advancing. So is the Krishna Consciousness Movement. And we aim to continue to increase that Krishna Consciousness Movement by reading Srila Prabhupada's books every day. This is Shabda Brahman. Srimad Bhagavatam is a literary incarnation of Krishna. And the Srimad Bhagavatam Mahimastotram explains this very nicely, compiled by Sanatana Goswami, the senior disciple of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, who received three, two months of solid instruction in the full uh, science of Krishna consciousness. <clears throat> it goes like this. sarva dipi yusha sarva vedaika satpala sarva siddhanta ratnaja Sarva-lokaika-drik-prada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva-bhagavata-prana Srimad-bhagavata-prabho Kali-dvandudita-ditya Sri Krishna-parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando matsangin, madguro man mahadana, manisdaraga madbhagya, madandana mostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chochita kada hanamunchakadachin mam premna ritkanta yukspuda O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me, always appear in my heart, and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we reach the 11th chapter of Canto 4 of Srimad Bhagavatam. Swayambhubamanu advises Dhruva Maharaj to stop killing, to stop fighting, sorry. Text 1. <clears throat> Sri Maitreya said, <clears throat> My dear Vidura, when Dhruva Maharaj heard the encouraging words of the great sages, 
he performed the achman by touching water and then took up his arrow made by Lord Narayana and fixed it upon his bow. Purport Dhruva Maharaj was given a specific arrow made by Lord Narayana himself and he now fixed it upon his bow to finish the illusory atmosphere created by the yakshas. As it is stated in the Bhagavad Gita, Without Narayana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, no one is able to overcome the action of the illusory energy. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has also given us a nice weapon for this age, as stated in the Bhagavatam, Sangopangastra. In this age, the Narayana Astra, or weapon to drive away Maya, is the chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra, in pursuance of the associates of Lord Chaitanya, such as Advaita Acharya, Nityananda, Gadadhar, and Srivas and Srivas. Text 2 <clears throat> As soon as Dhruva Maharaj joined the Narayana Astra arrow to his bow, the illusion created by the Yakshas was immediately vanquished. Just as all the material pains and pleasures are vanquished when one becomes fully cognizant of the Self. Purport <clears throat> Krishna is like the sun, and maya, or the illusory energy of Krishna, is like darkness. Darkness means absence of light. Similarly, maya means absence of Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness and maya are always there, side by side. As soon as there is awakening of Krishna consciousness, all the illusory pains and pleasures of material existence are vanquished. Mayametam tadantite. Constant chanting of the Maha Mantra will keep us always aloof from the illusory energy of Maya. Text 3. <clears throat> Even as Dhruva Maharaj fixed the weapon made by Narayana Rishi onto his bow, arrows with golden shafts and feathers like the wings of a swan flew out from it. They entered the enemy soldiers with a great hissing sound, just as peacocks enter a forest with tumultuous crowing. Text 4 <clears throat> Those sharp arrows dismayed the enemy soldiers, who became almost unconscious. But various yakshas on the battlefield, in a rage, against Dhruva Maharaj, somehow or other collected their weapons and attacked. Just as serpents, agitated by Garuda, rushed towards Garuda with upraised hoods, all the Yaksha soldiers prepared to overcome Dhruva Maharaj with their upraised weapons. Text 5 When Dhruva Maharaj saw the Yakshas coming forward, he immediately took his arrows and cut the enemies to pieces. Separating the arms, legs, heads and bellies from their bodies, he delivered the yakshas to the planetary system which is situated above the sun globe and which is attainable only by first-class brahmacharis who have never discharged their semen. Text, <coughs> text 6 <clears throat> <clears throat> To be killed by the Lord or by his devotees is auspicious for non-devotees. The yakshas were killed indiscriminately by Dhruva Maharaj, but they attained the planetary system attainable only for brahmacharis who never discharged their semen. As the impersonalist jnanis or the demons killed by the Lord attain brahmaloka or satyaloka, 
persons killed by a devotee of your Lord also attain Satyaloka. To reach the Satyaloka planetary system described here, one has to be elevated above the sun globe. Killing, therefore, is not always bad. If the killing is done by the Supreme Personality of Godhead or His devotee or in great sacrifices, it is for the benefit of the entity killed in that way. Material so-called non-violence is very insignificant in comparison to killing done by the Supreme Personality of Godhead or His devotees. Even when a king or the state government kills a person who was a murderer, that killing is for the benefit of the murderer, for thus he may become cleared of all sinful reactions. An important word in this verse is Urdva Retasa, which means brahmacharis who have never discharged semen. Celibacy is so important <clears throat> that even though one does not undergo any austerities, penances or ritualistic ceremonies prescribed in the Vedas, if one simply keeps himself a pure brahmachari, not discharging his semen, the result is that after death he goes to Satyaloka. Generally, the sex life is the cause of all miseries in the material world. In the Vedic civilization, sex life is restricted in various ways. Out of the whole population of the social structure, only the grahastas are allowed restricted sex life. All others refrain from sex. The people of this age especially do not know the value of not discharging semen. As such, they are variously entangled with material qualities and suffer an existence of struggle only. The word Urdva Retasa especially indicates the Mayavadi sannyasis who undergo strict principles of austerity. But in the Bhagavad Gita 8.16, the Lord says that even if one goes up to Brahmaloka, he again comes back. Abrahma Bhavanaloka Punar Arvatunarjuna. Therefore, actual mukti or liberation can be attained only by devotional service. Because by devotional service, one can go above Brahmaloka or to the spiritual world, where, wherefrom he never comes back. Mayabadi sannyasis are very proud of becoming liberated, but actual liberation is not possible unless one is in touch with the Supreme Lord in devotional service. It is said, Harim bina na mritim tadanti. Without Krishna's mercy, no one can have liberation. Text 6. When Swayambhuvamanu saw that his grandson Dhruva Maharaj was killing so many of the yakshas who were not actually offenders, out of his great compassion he approached Dhruva with great sages to give him good instruction. Purport Dhruva Maharaj attacked Alakapuri, the city of the yakshas, because his brother was killed by one of them. Actually, only one of the citizens not all of them, was guilty of killing his brother, Uttama. Dhruva Maharaj, of course, took a very serious step when his brother was killed by the Yakshas. War was declared and the fighting was going on. This sometimes happens in present days also, for one man's fault. A whole state is sometimes attacked. This kind of wholesale attack is not approved by Manu, the father-in-law giver of the human race. He therefore wanted to stop his grandson Dhruva from continuing to kill the Yaksha citizens who were not offenders. Text 7 Lord Manu said, My dear son, please stop. It is not good to become unnecessarily angry. It is the path to hellish life. Now you are going beyond the limit by killing yakshas who are not actually who are actually not offenders. Purport. In this verse, the word atiroshena means with unnecessary anger. 
when Dhruva Maharaj went beyond the limits of necessary anger, his grandfather, Swayambhuvamanu, immediately came to protect him from further sinful action. From this we can understand that killing is not bad, but when killing is done unnecessarily, or when an offenseless person is killed, such killing opens the path to hell. Dhruva Maharaj was saved from such sinful action because he was a great devotee. A Chatriya is allowed to kill only for maintenance of law, the law and order of the state. He is not allowed to kill or commit violence without reason. Violence is certainly a path leading to a hellish condition of life, but it is also required for maintenance of the law and order of the state. Here Lord Manu prohibited Dhruva Maharaj from killing the Yakshas because only one of them was punishable for killing his brother, Uttama. Not all of the Yaksha citizens were punishable. We find in modern warfare, however, that attacks are made upon innocent citizens who are, or who are without fault. According to the law of Manu, such warfare is a most sinful activity. Furthermore, at the present moment, civilized nations are unnecessarily maintaining many slaughterhouses for killing innocent animals. When a nation is attacked by its enemies, the wholesale slaughter of the citizens should be taken as a reaction to their own sinful activities. That is nature's law. Text 8. My dear son, the killing of the sinless yakshas which you have undertaken is not at all approved by authorities and it does not befit our family who is supposed to know the laws of religion and irreligion. Text 9 My dear son, it has been proved that you are very much affectionate towards your brother and are very, very greatly aggrieved that is being killed by the yakshas. But just consider, for one yaksha's offense, you have killed many others who are innocent. Text 10 One should not accept the body as the self, and thus, like the animals, kill the bodies of others. This is especially forbidden by saintly persons who follow the path of devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport. The words sorry. Okay. The words Sadunam Rishi Kisha Nuvartinam are very significant. Sadhu means a saintly person. But who is a saintly person? A saintly person is he who follows the path of rendering service under the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Rishikesha. In the Narada Pancharatra it is said, Rishikena Rishikesha Sevanam Bhaktir Uchite. The process of rendering favorable service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead with one's senses is called Bhakti or devotional service. Therefore, why should a person who is already engaged in the service of the Lord engage himself in personal sense gratification? Dhruva Maharaj is advised here by Lord Manu that he is a pure servitor of the Lord. Why should he unnecessarily engage like the animals in the bodily concept of life? An animal thinks that the body of another animal is his food. Therefore, in the bodily concept of life, one animal attacks another. A human being, especially one who is a devotee of the Lord, should not act like this. A sadhu, a saintly devotee, is not supposed to kill animals unnecessarily. Text 11 It is very difficult to achieve the spiritual abode of Hari 
in the Vaikuntha planets. But you are so fortunate that you were already destined to go to that abode by worshipping Him as the supreme abode of all living entities. Purport The material bodies of the all living entities cannot exist unless sheltered by the spirit, spirit soul and the super soul. I'll read that again. <clears throat> the material bodies of all living entities cannot exist unless sheltered by the spirit soul and the super soul. The spirit soul is dependent on the super soul, who is present even within the atom. Therefore, since anything, material or spiritual, is completely dependent on the Supreme Lord, the Supreme Lord is referred to here as Bhutavasa. Dhruva Maharaj, Maharaj as a Chatriya should have argued with his grandfather, Manu, when Manu requested him. Read that again. Dhruva Maharaj as a Chatriya could have argued with his grandfather, Manu, when Manu requested him to stop fighting. But even though Dhruva could have argued that as a Chatriya, it was his duty to fight with the enemy, he was informed that since every living entity is a resident, a residence of the Supreme Lord and can be considered a temple of the Lord, the unnecessary killing of any living entity is not permitted. Text 12 Because you are a pure devotee of the Lord, the Lord is always thinking of you, and you are, always, and, and you are also recognized by all His confidential devotees. Your life is meant for exemplary behavior. I am therefore surprised. Why have you undertaken such an abominable task? Purport. Dhruva Maharaj was a pure devotee and was accustomed to always thinking of the Lord. Reciprocally, the Lord always thinks of those pure devotees who think of Him only 24 hours a day. As the pure devotee does not know anything beyond the Lord, so the Lord does not know anything beyond his pure devotee. Swayam Bhubamanu pointed out this fact to Dhruva Maharaj. Not only are you a pure devotee, but you are recognized by all pure devotees of the Lord. You should always act in such an exemplary way that others may learn from you. Under the, under the circumstances, it is surprising that you have killed so many faultless yakshas. Text 13 The Lord is very satisfied with His devotee when the devotee greets other people with tolerance, mercy, friendship, and equality. Purport It is the duty of an advanced devotee in the second stage of devotional perfection to act in accordance with this verse. There are three stages of devotional life. In the lowest stage, a devotee is simply concerned with the deity in the temple and he worships the Lord with great devotion according to rules and regulations. In the second stage, the devotee is cognizant of his relationship with the Lord, his relationship with fellow devotees, his relationship with persons who are innocent, and his relationship with persons who are envious. Sometimes devotees are ill-treated by envious persons. It is advised that an advanced devotee should be tolerant. He should show complete mercy to persons who are ignorant or innocent. A preacher devotee is meant to show mercy to innocent persons whom he can elevate to devotional service. Everyone by constitutional position, is an eternal servant of God. Therefore, a devotee's business is to awaken everyone's Krishna consciousness. That is his mercy. As for, the, as for a devotee's treatment of other devotees who are his equals, he should maintain friendship with them. His general view should be to see every living entity as part of the Supreme Lord. 
Different living entities appear in different forms of dress. But according to the instruction of the Bhagavad Gita, a learned person sees all living entities equally. Such treatment by the devotee is very much appreciated by the Supreme Lord. It is said, therefore, that a saintly person is always tolerant and merciful. He is a friend to everyone, never an enemy to anyone, and he is peaceful. These are some of the good qualities of a devotee. Text 14 One who actually satisfies the Supreme Personality of Godhead during one's lifetime becomes liberated from the gross and subtle material conditions. Thus, being freed from all material modes of nature, he achieves unlimited spiritual bliss. Purport In the previous verse, it has been explained that one should treat all living entities with tolerance, mercy, friendship and equality. By such behavior, one satisfies the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And upon his satisfaction, the devotee became, immediately becomes free from all material conditions. The Lord also confirms this in the Bhagavad Gita. Anyone who sincerely and seriously engages in my service immediately becomes situated in the transcendental stage wherein he can enjoy unlimited spiritual bliss. Everyone in this material world is struggling hard in order to everyone in this material world is struggling hard in order to achieve blissful life unfortunately people do not know how to achieve it atheists do not believe in god and certainly they do not please him here it is clearly said that upon pleasing the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one immediately attains to the spiritual platform and enjoys unlimited spiritual life, blissful life. To become free from material existence means to become free from the influence of material nature. The word samprasane, which is used in this verse, means being satisfied. A person should act in such a way that the Lord is satisfied by the activity. It is not that he himself is to be satisfied. Of course, when the Lord is satisfied, the devotee automatically becomes satisfied. This is the secret of the process of bhakti-yoga. Outside of bhakti-yoga, everyone is trying to satisfy himself. No one is trying to satisfy the Lord. Karmis grossly try to satisfy their senses. But even those who are elevated to the platform of knowledge also try to satisfy themselves in a subtle form. Karmis try to satisfy themselves by sense gratification and jnanis try to satisfy themselves by subtle activities or mental speculation and thinking themselves to be God. Yogis also try to satisfy themselves by thinking they can achieve different mystic perfections. But only devotees try to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The devotee's process of self-realization is completely different from the processes of the karmis, jnanis and yogis. Everyone else is trying to satisfy himself, whereas the devotee tries only to satisfy the Lord. The devotional process is completely different from the others. By working to please the Lord, by engaging his senses in the Lord's loving service, the devotee is immediately situated on the transcendental platform and he enjoys unlimited blissful life. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 15. <clears throat> the creation of the material world begins with the five elements, and thus everything, including the body of a man or a woman, 
is created of these elements. By the sexual life of man and woman, the number of men and women in this material world is further increased. Purport When Swayambhuvamanu saw that Dhruva Maharaj understood the philosophy of Vaishnavism and yet was still dissatisfied because of his brother's death, he gave him an explanation of how this material body is created by the five elements of material nature. In the Bhagavad Gita it is also confirmed, prakritek kriyamanani, everything is created, maintained and annihilated by the material modes of nature. In the background, in the background of course, there is the direction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is also confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita. Maya Jakshena, in the ninth chapter, Krishna says, Under my superintendence, material nature is acting. Swayambhuvamanu wanted to impress on Dura Maharaj that the death of the material body of his brother was not actually the, the Yaksha's fault. It was an act of the material nature. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has immense varieties of potencies and they act in different, gross and subtle ways. It is by such powerful potencies that the universe is created, although grossly it appears to be no more than the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, and ether. Similarly, the bodies of all species of living entities, whether human beings or demigods, animals or birds, are also created by the five the same five elements. And by sexual union, <clears throat> they expand into more and more living entities. That is the way of creation, maintenance, and annihilation. One should not be disturbed by the waves of material nature in the process. Dhruva Maharaj was indirectly advised not to be afflicted by the death of his brother because our relationship with the body is completely material. This real self, spirit soul, is never annihilated or killed by anyone. Text 16 Manu continued, My dear King Dhruva, it is simply by the illusory material energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and by the interaction of the three modes of material nature that creation, maintenance, and annihilation take place. Purport <clears throat> First, creation takes place with the ingredients of the five elements of material nature. Then, by the interaction of the modes of material nature, maintenance always take, also takes place. When a child is born, the parents immediately see to its maintenance. This tendency for maintenance of offspring is present not only in human society, but in animal society as well. Even tigers care for their cubs, although their propensity is to eat other animals. By the interaction of the material modes of nature, creation, maintenance, and also annihilation take place inevitably. But at the same time, we should know that all is conducted under the superintendence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Everything is going on under that process. Creation is the action of the Rajaguna, the mode of passion. Maintenance is the action of sattva-guna, the mode of goodness, and annihilation is the action of tamaguna, the mode of ignorance. We can see that those who are situated in the mode of goodness live longer than those who are situated in the tamaguna or rajaguna. In other words, if one is elevated to the mode of goodness, he is elevated to a higher planetary system. 
where the duration of life is very great. Urdvam, Gachchanti, Sattvastha. Great rishis, sages, and sannyasis who maintain themselves in sattva-guna, or the mode of material goodness, are elevated to higher planetary system, to a higher planetary system. Those who are transcendental, even to the material modes of nature, are situated in the mode of pure goodness. They attain eternal life in the spiritual world. Text 17 My dear Dhruva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is uncontaminated by the material modes of nature. He is the remote cause of the creation of this material cosmic manifestation. When he gives the impetus, many other causes and effects are produced, and thus the whole universe moves, just as iron moves by the integrated force of a magnet. Purport How the external energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead works within this material world is explained in this verse. Everything is happening by the energy of the Supreme Lord. The atheistic philosophers who do not agree to accept the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the original cause of creation think that the material world moves by the action and reaction of different material elements. A simple example of the interaction of elements occurs when we mix soda and acid and the movement of effervescence is produced. But one cannot produce life by such interaction of chemicals. There are 8,400,000 different species of life with different wishes and different actions. How the material force is working cannot be explained just on the basis of chemical reaction. A suitable example in this connection is that of the potter and the potter's wheel. The potter's wheel rotates and several varieties of earthen pots come out. There are many causes for the earthen pots, but the original cause is the potter who sets a force on the wheel. That force comes by, the super, by his superintendence. The same idea is explained in Bhagavad Gita. Behind all material action and reaction, there is Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna says that everything depends on his energy, and yet he is not everywhere. The pot is produced under certain conditions of action and reaction of material energy, the pot, but the potter is not in the pot. In, in a similar way, the material creation is set up by the Lord, but he remains aloof. As stated in the Vedas, he simply glanced over it, and the agita agitation of matter immediately began. In Bhagavad Gita it is also said that the Lord impregnates the material energy with the part and parcel jivas, and thus the different forms and different activities immediately ensue. Because of the different desires and karmic, act karmic activities of the jiva soul, different types of bodies and different species are produced. In Darwin's theory, there is no acceptance of a living entity as spirit soul, and therefore his explanation of evolution is incomplete. Varieties of phenomena occur within this universe on account of the actions and reactions of the three material modes. But the original creator, or the cause, is the personality of Godhead, who is mentioned here as Nimitamatram, the remote cause. He simply pushes the wheel with his energy. According to the Mayavadi philosophers, the Supreme Brahman has transformed himself into various varieties of forms, but that is not the fact. He is always transcendental to the actions and reactions 
of the material gunas. Although he is the cause of all causes, Lord Brahma says, therefore in Brahma Sangita, Ishwara Parama Krishna, Satyarananda Vigraha, Anadir Adir Govinda, Sarva Karana Karanam. There are many causes and effects, but the original cause is Sri Krishna. And believe it or not, that's 802. Hare Krishna. We'll stop our reading for tonight here of the Srimad Bhagavatam and text 18. It goes so fast, isn't it? It's mystical. Mystical. And we'll wait patiently for the reflections of the devotees if, if they still can talk because they're so... Uh, in ecstasy listening to this nectar. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Nanda Kumar. Thank you so much for this opportunity to hear. Um, there were two two um, instances which caught my attention. One was mention about the wars. It was in the beginning how one man can cause so much uh, suffering. At the same time Prabhupada was explaining in a purport how it is the reaction of the people. Yes. Uh, and now at these times um, I'm thinking h how this kind of purport could be said because if you would say to people who are refugees right now it just, just doesn't feel right to say such a thing to them although we know that uh, all of us are in material world due to our different deeds but it kind of I don't know, kind of cancels the kindness and mercy. No, but that's whole, that's the whole purpose of the of the purport and the whole purpose of the chapter. When when Swami Bhubhavana told Dhruva, this kind of uh, violence is not necessary. It's not uh, pious. It's it's these people are innocent. Hmm. So at the same time, the the acknowledgement that a person was innocent. Is a he's a resident of the Supreme Lord, a temple of the Supreme Lord. So it may be that those things are going on by the reaction of their own pre previous activities, but that doesn't allow you to have the mm. authority to kill them. Mm. Mm. Therefore, we can't give compassion for innocent people. In war, the innocent people are not involved. In real war, by the laws of the Vedas, pious law, war, or even if it isn't pious, the innocent citizens are not attacked. They go out in somewhere and fight it out, and then whoever wins and becomes the leaders, the innocent people accept them. Here's the new leaders, okay, and everything keeps going on. They should not be involved. Yeah, they should not be involved, and they're not. They're not directly. I mean, they may have their, you know karmic reactions from all the things that they've done and the group karma is another thing group karma is different than individual karma also there may be group karma if a whole bunch of people are killed all at once and what they did together in the past we don't know we just don't know but that doesn't mean that we should be callous to the sufferings of others this is the point you're trying to make yeah, yeah, and it's a good yeah, point yeah, yeah. a good point so the devotee is aware of both sides of the argument. Therefore, he doesn't become disturbed, but he still shows compassion. Yes, um, also brought this for me a personal realization today when it was mentioned how super soul is inside of every atom and specifically more in every body with the soul. And 
there is just something I just made this connection today that there's just something wrong when you hurt a living entity or absolutely um, and now I just why it feels wrong because the Lord is just there exactly and it just feels wrong to and when we pay obeisances to one another we're paying obeisances to the super soul within the heart as well as to the soul mm. which is part of the super soul mm. acknowledging that's why we wear our tilak to recognize to ourselves not just to others but also to ourselves reminding yes marking the body it's a temple of God thank you Krishna Was from April O'Grady. April O'Grady, Hare Krishna, welcome aboard. She says, Hi, how are you today? We're fine, how are you? May I have a reading? Absolutely, be our guest. We're, we're having these readings every night at about 7.20 in, in UK time, in the evening, p.m., and you're always welcome. From Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages, all glories to Srila Prabhupada and your daily reading service of Srimad Bhagavatam, dear Maharaj. Hare Krishna, thank you, Gopakanya Devi Dasi, for your undying appreciation. Jai, Hare Krishna. Jai Ho. Jai Ho. And from Bhakti Noel. Yes, Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna, dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I am so happy to tune in for this nectar today. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Well, glad to have you back. Hare Krishna, thank you. And Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj, thank you for caring to read to us and bringing our minds to Krishna. Hare Krishna, like I always say, I'm just the peon delivering the message, delivering the mail. I've got not too much to do with it. And from our, our dear Dravida Raj. I very much liked the part about how the Lord can be satisfied by our treating others properly and that we get satisfaction by the Lord being satisfied with us. Yes. With us. That's what real satisfaction is. The satisfaction of the senses is temporary and for the most part is miserable. <laughs> and if we somehow or other can make an arrangement to stop the misery for a few seconds or a few hours or even a few months or a few years, it's only temporary and it's actually a cessation of misery that's constantly always there. As Prabhupada said, one of the purports, uh, Maya and Krishna are right next together. You don't have to wait when you're in Maya for Maya to come. She's there. She's all-pervading, as Krishna is all-pervading in the material world. Hare Krishna. This is from Vrajbalaba. Yes, Vrajbalaba. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Prabhupada. Sending my eternal gratitude for your regulated service of reading and all the other things you do to help each of us progress further on the path of bhakti. Well, Hare Krishna, thank you for that deep appreciation and uh, everybody needs encouragement. Everyone, thank you for that encouragement. Hare Krishna. And from Goranga Gopal. Yes, Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Could you please remind us what is the destination of the soldiers assembled in the battlefield of Kurukshetra who were killed by Arjuna and in Krishna's presence? They end up in the higher planetary systems and it's not that everyone goes to the same place. They go to different places according to their destiny, providence. But they all, if they're killed by Krishna or by the devotee of Krishna, they all attain auspicious uh, lives 
in higher planetary systems above the sun. Above the sun means uh, Maharloka, Janaloka, Tapaloka, and Satyaloka, the topmost planet in the material world, except for Dhruvaloka. <laughs> Dhruvaloka is where the ocean of milk is, where uh, Chirudakshai Vishnu lives on an island. Jemma? Yes, Jemma. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Tonight one verse came by which I noted and appreciated in my previous readings, namely verse 13. The Lord is very satisfied with his devotee when the devotee greets other people with tolerance, mercy, friendship, and equality. Yes, and we should treat all people like this. We see it a lot. When, I mean, I don't travel so much now, but I used to travel a lot. I mean, a lot. There was ten years of my life, at least, where I wasn't in one place for more than three days. It was really intense but it was like I liked traveling a lot but I've n I noticed when I was traveling that a lot of travelers they, they give grief to the people who are the servants who are facilitating their, them going one place to another checking them in you know taking their bags to the other place you know taking care of them on the plane or wherever they are and uh, yeah with with everyone we're supposed to be uh, dignified and noble and friendly and caring. And I found that if I did that, and I, I, I developed the habit of appreciating, especially the people who were checking people in and things like that, where they meet so many people who are nasty to them, and they want special privileges, and if you don't give it to them, they get angry. And, and so I always can, when I get to my front of the line I say how do you do that you're taking all of this flack from so many people and yet you're still composing you're still doing your this is very good and they every time they would smile and they, well, thank you very much no one ever says that to me and then if there was anything I needed special it's done in an instant it means your, your travel becomes smooth as silk so I, I learned that you know, from reading Prabhupada's books, how to do that. Could I ask yes, um, if this verse, because this verse is applied to others, to 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 treat them? Uh, I don't re exactly remember the 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 qualities. Uh, very satisfied with his devotees when the devotee greets other people with tolerance, mercy, friendship, and equality. I was thinking, how about treating oneself with the tolerance and... Uh, it's more important to treat other persons like that mm -hmm. because you take care of yourself automatically mm -hmm. when you do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you think of yourself then you become self-centered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the whole point is not to be self-centered and, and to be kind and to be friendly and to be, you know, uh, equal to everyone. You automatically get that uh, uh, benefit of taking care of yourself when you do that because Krishna's in your heart and Krishna sees that you're treating everyone like that with proper respect. And then he inside uh, elevates you with his by his pleasure, and so you're automatically taking care of yourself when you do that. Mm -hmm. I think it was a little bit, I don't know, if it's called a loaded question, but I know myself sometimes I observe that if I my performance is not 
you know, I didn't tick all the boxes in my performance. I don't treat myself very well. I there's these thoughts of, you know, uh, kind of. Um, um, this may be controversial because right. you know there's right. self-esteem, and then there's self-esteem. You know, there's problems right. with self-esteem, and there's noble self-esteem. Yes. Right. Yes. So yes. If you're being nasty to yourself, and the result is that you can't be proper with others, then that is not that is. That's ignorance. That's it's ignorance. ignorance. Low self-esteem is ignorance. Yeah. Motive ignorance. And you can't... You, what happens when you become in motive ignorance? You forget what proper action is, what improper action is. As a matter of fact, you say, you think proper is improper and improper is proper. And therefore, you can't be a happy camper. You can't be what we call comfortable in your own skin. Everyone should be comfortable in their own skin. Right. But that does not mean that humility is not appreciated. As a matter of fact, knowledge begins with humility yeah. and it ends with humility. And the degree of humility in the beginning and in the end is different. Right. In, in, in the end humility, you think everyone else is a devotee except for you. But that doesn't make you feel worse. Right, it's not self-deprecating. It makes self you feel better, yeah. yes. Right. It makes you feel yeah. better because yeah. then you treat everyone with great respect. Right, you are... Uh, and again, that pleases Krishna. And if you're in the state of consciousness that you think everyone is better than you and you treat everyone with proper respect rather than just curling up in a corner and just not doing anything because you feel so bad about yourself. You know, this is sinful because you, you don't interact with others properly. It's sinful. And, and, and I guess the marker is if you're truly humble, not... Uh, you can't get that without Krishna consciousness. Right. You can't manipulate that right. and manipulate yourself any more than you can manipulate others. That true happiness comes when you're actually serving others as parts of Krishna. And you're acting as a servant of Krishna, a humble servant of Krishna. And you actually feel content and happy. Yeah, but, then, but not just through. that. You become empowered by Krishna mm -hmm. to succeed. That's where success potency comes from. From doing things for Krishna's pleasure for the benefit of others. It's a, it's a, it's the same analogy over and over again. If you pour water on the root, then all the different parts of the tree are nourished. And so if you treat people uh, with respect, the proper respect, as parts of Krishna, as creatures of Krishna, belonging to Krishna, then you have received real knowledge. That you'll find in the 35th verse of the, 34th, of, of the fourth chapter of the Gita. Just after Tadbidi Panipatina, there is, when you get that knowledge, you won't fall into illusion again because you'll see that all living beings are but part and parcel of the Supreme, or in other words, Krishna says, they're mine. So when you see everyone is belonging to Krishna and you're Krishna conscious, you automatically become properly situated and you treat yourself properly as well as others. You also realize you're part of parcel of Krishna. Of course. And you treat yourself with with that you dignity. Can't, you can't do that unless you're realizing you're mm. part and parcel of Krishna. Mm. That's what the knowledge is. Mm. Thank but you. The, but the neophyte thinks of oneself and doesn't think of others mm. in that way. Mm. Or thinks of the deity mm. and oneself. Mm. And and then the, then the next step is the spiritual master properly. And then the other devotees properly and eventually all living beings thank you then you become liberated <laughs> from Sarvagya yes Sarvagya amazing to hear Maharaj how Prabhupada mentioned all the purport Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. He emphasized. Yes. 
All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada in the holy name of the Lord. And this is from Bhakta Peter in Wales. Bhakta Peter in Wales. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for your reading. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, all glories to His divine grace. All glories to the assembled Vaishnavas. Hare Krishna. I particularly enjoyed hearing about creation, maintenance, and annihilation correspond to the material, to the modes of nature. Mm. The continuous act of properly maintaining our temple, whether it be the body, ashram, or the temple that is our body, keeps us situated and stable so we can devote ourselves to our service with minimal deviation or distraction. I am also following your readings of the Bhagavad Gita on YouTube. Thank you for uploading this transcendental content for us all to relish. Well, thanks again for the encouragement. We all need encouragement. Haribo. <laughs> and from Rati Mandrai? Yes, Rati. I find it inspiring that such a basic behavior as properly greeting and treating one another can bring great satisfaction to the Supreme Lord. Today I am happy to report that in Holland we started our third year of Harinam Sankirtan, going to a different city in Holland every month. Mm. The journey today was far and rain was predicted, but still a small group of determined devotees went to Vindam and we chanted and danced and distributed prasadam and books. It felt good. Please bless our humble endeavors, dear Guru Maharaj, so that we can continue this program for many years to come and execute the orders of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for his pleasure. Thank you. Yes, Srila Prabhupada once wrote a letter to uh, Rabindra Sarup. I, I, I'm, yeah, I remember this letter if I'm remembering right. That's who it was to. And he said, you know, the Briyat Madanga is the great kirtan because it can go everywhere the books but he said the best way to distribute books is in the accompaniment of Harinam kirtan so when you go out and do as you said go out and distribute the holy name and the books and prasadam it's a complete sacrifice Hare Krishna and from Daitari Hari yes Daitari Hari Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai, glories to His divine grace. Thanks for tonight's reading. It was very elaborately explained in the purport to verse 15 how everything is going on under the Lord's direction through the agency of His different potencies and how they act in different gross and subtle ways. Swayambhu was explaining how the killing of Dhruva's brother Quote, was not actually the Yaksha's fault, it was an act of material nature. Unquote. How do we develop this vision properly ourselves? For instance, when we saw last year what happened to the devotees in Bangladesh at the hands of extremists, it might cause us to become enraged and see a whole particular group of people to be responsible instead of seeing things in the light of the Bhagavatam. We want to be equal-minded towards all living beings and see things as ultimately being conducted by the different energies of the Lord for different reasons, but sometimes it can be easier said than done. Because anger applied properly is not bad. You can't remove anger altogether because it is a rasa. It is one of the original rasas in the spiritual world. But there, there is no anomaly. There is no uh, uh, negative effects on, on, the, on the consciousness. So anger applied properly in devotional service is uh, pleasing to Krishna. It is welcome. And it's, in fact, if you see the devotees or the deities being attacked and you don't feel anger, then your spiritual whereabouts, as Prabhupada described, is unknown. So you should feel anger when you when we saw that those, you know, temples were destroyed by 
some dacoits, we call them dacoits, we don't call them anything else but that, then we should feel anger. I mean, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he went to Vrindavan and he cleaned up the whole area from uh, dacoits. They were famous for attacking pilgrims when they're on their way to, to get spiritual benefit. And these dacoits would just rob them and sometimes kill them and whatever. That is deserving of anger. So if we limit our anger to uh, feeling uh, angry toward uh, the offenders against Krishna and the devotees and devotional service, it's proper anger. And with that you can get energy to do something about it. And you don't go out and kill them, but you, you in general, you become, because uh, unless they're attacking you directly, then you can defend yourself. That's, that's, that's proper. Somebody must do that because you're, you're defending Krishna. Krishna's inside your body. <laughs> you know. So a, a devotee has all the different emotions that are, that are possible, but he has them properly according to the actual instructions. Therefore, the way to do that, the way to avoid it, as your question implies, in the, not implies, but your original question, how do we get that? You, you hear and you apply what you read. You keep reading and keep hearing, and over and over again, you'll get the patterns, you'll get the connections, and you'll be able to apply it to yourself. Hare Krishna. And that's a wonderful reading, wonderful reflections. Uh, I must say, thank you so much to everybody. Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Samabeda Bhakta Brinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi, Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic as the wonderful adventures of Dhruva Maharaj continue. Hare Krishna.